0: welcome to the no idea podcast my name's Hisham.
1: and i'm joshua we're two recent founders of the startup rppl pronounced ripple a platform designed for career exploration
0: so you might be asking what the hell am i listening to the idea behind this podcast is that there really is none we have no idea we're just going to run with this and document our process as co-founders as students and as the average everyday average american going through quarantine
1: So to kind of kick this off, we really want to just start talking about Ripple, uh, what it means to us, and also give a bit of a backstory. So Hisham, do you you want to kind of let people know the initial, I guess, start behind Ripple and what it was initially, which is kind of a funny story?
0: Yeah, of course. So it was a cold winter day back in uh, 2019, pre-quarantine. When I decided to uh, sign up for a class uh, my my senior year at University of Virginia um, in entrepreneurship, uh, I I specifically wanted an EZA class to end off my senior year. Um, Josh, why exactly did you sign up for that class?
1: Yeah, I, I honestly was just kind of in the entrepreneurship department. And for the longest time, my first two years, I was kind of... I really wanted to do it, but engineering curriculum, you know, gives you no room and space to find interesting classes. So eventually my third year when I I took some summer courses, freed up some space. And that's what really got me to sign up for the class.
0: Yeah. So after both of us signed up for the class, um, we neither of us knew each other before the class. But um, during the class, we uh, had a final project that we had to work on the last four or five weeks of the semester. Where we had to basically start up a start startup, I guess, and um, just run with it and try to see where it would go. Uh, UVA has a yearly um, entrepreneurship cup where you can sign up and kind of pitch your uh, startup to a panel of judges and get some reward in return. Uh, we had no expectation of getting reward, but um, everyone in the class signs up to it just as an experience and kind of learning the process. So. Joshua and I were put into a group of five and we initially um, were working on a t-shirt business uh, because when, when the going gets tough, you always know you can rely on merchandise. So we just started making t-shirts and um, COVID hit pretty bad uh, around the, middle of, the Mar- uh, middle of March. And then after that, um, things really went uh, a lot different than what we expected. Um josh, you want to uh take it away and kind of add your perspective on kind of yeah. what we did afterwards
1: yeah no I, I i do remember though when we were initially started off as t shirts that it was like controversial in our group because remember like I can't remember who it oh was but they wanted they wanted to make fun of Covid and make gag shirts off covid and I remember you and me being like no let's let's not do that yeah it because, would have
0: been really really insensitive
1: yeah um, and then I mean, I'm sure le- sooner than later, if you look at all the numbers and the severity of it, it. That was just crazy. I remember being like, yeah, we're not doing that, which yeah. was kind of a mess. But yeah, after that, we just kind of uh, can't remember what class it was. It was right after COVID. And our professor actually brought in a movie director to come talk to us and uh, John Lee Hancock. And right after that class, we were sitting, we still had to fit, find a project to do and we were like oh I, it was someone else in our group actually so can name Peter he was like oh why don't we shout out Peter have more, yeah have more live events uh so yeah then after that we were like yeah let's let's roll with this idea and we started emailing tons of different speakers and uh really like we didn't know what we were doing we just started emailing speakers we had this idea that due to covid there's probably all those conferences got canceled um, like big ones, like the Forbes, 30, under 30. Uh, the I, What's the one in Texas called? It's a uh, huge there is, one.
0: Um, there's South by Southwest. Yeah, yeah South that's by Southwest, the one. Yeah.
1: yeah, and actually our first speaker was supposed to speak at South by Southwest and I saw that that event got canceled. Their first speaker, or I need to give more context. Uh, So we started emailing all these people and just saying, Really just, I don't even know how we had any credibility in the email. We just said we're a group of students Look, trying to orchestrate some wait, live Josh, events. I'm going
0: to interrupt you real quick. The only yeah. credibility we had was the EDU at the end of our email. Speakers eat that up. If they see that you're a student and you have EDU, they know that you have good intentions, and that's the only reason probably we got any responses at all.
1: Oh, yeah, 100% for sure. That at virginia.edu certainly helped and uh yeah we we emailed 300 people got a response from josh luber the former ceo and co-founder of StockX, and we scheduled the first event and the goal of these events was initially around not only to have speakers talk about their backstory but also give advice to students because it's not every day students get to talk to a big name person and we were in that class thinking oh every every time someone came in it was like actually really dope to just get to hear their experience and so we were trying to do that so we we started off with uh josh luber and sham you want to kind of talk about what that was like and I, I remember kind of our process starting that and preparing for that event because it was a bit nerve-wracking once we got the yes and we had to figure out okay now we now we got to put something together
0: Yeah, no, it was it was honestly that two week period was probably the worst slash best time uh, from uh, that I've experienced with this whole startup process. Uh, After um, Joshua texted us in our group chat that um, Josh Luber was a yes, it was like we all had a collective uh, feeling of, wow, this is actually happening. This is like there's something that we could do with this. So it was after that, it was just outreach, 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 trying to get as many students into the Zoom event as possible, trying to set up marketing, trying to set up the logistics of it, um, figuring out what we were going to be talking about. There were a lot of different aspects to the event that we didn't really take into account. But we we were a group of students who... um, we're just learning on our feet and that's that's literally what the startup process is about. We were asking um advisors questions. We were asking anyone that we could get a hold of, um, what like what, what's the best way to approach this? And just through that whole just through that whole time period, we were able to put together a really, really dope event for Josh Luber. Um, I don't remember exactly how many students joined the call, but yeah, it was like sixty one
1: of, RSVPs and yeah, about six forty. Forty-five people join. Yeah,
0: sixty RSVPs, forty-five. I'm not a math major, but I feel like that's seventy-five percent. Yeah, that's a that's pretty good numbers, uh, if I may say. So um, it's pretty good numbers uh, with only like a week or two for actual outreach, and when there is a global pandemic going on. So after that, we just kind of continued on. Um, We almost had a week. uh, uh, Sorry, a speaker a week. Some weeks we even had two speakers. and just through that whole process, we kind of were enjoying it, but we were also getting extremely burnt out. And yeah, um, yeah I, I remember Josh was just kicking it with um, speaker outreach,ing and every day it was like always like, I don't, know, I don't know how many how many emails did you spend? Did you send a, uh, per day to um, speakers? I don't
1: know. I just was trying to be as persistent as, because it definitely felt like when we set that goal to do like one a week. Like it definitely felt like this, I mean, you, you know, even for like outreach, like to get students on a zoom call, especially around like May and June was a lot harder since it seemed like everyone was burnt out of online zoom calls, but a day, I don't, I don't know. I would say at least 50. Yeah. I, yeah. I would say, I would say, yeah, 50 to 70 of, of not, no, not. Yeah, I'd say it would average around 50. And so I mean, it wasn't like I wasn't over personalizing every email, like I made sure to make it somewhat personalized. But like over time, I just kind of got a template. So it's just a lot of busy work and lots of just clicking sends. But I'm not gonna lie, I did have some mistakes in sending emails to people. We should we should talk about how, how we sent the, how we found these emails. Actually, that's going to be a huge
0: yeah, I think I it. honestly think we have we have two different processes when it comes to emails. So, hey, I'll go into mine. Um, so I was actually part of the economics career office, uh, my last year at UVA, and um, while I was in it, uh, we had we had, um, every spring semester we host a UVA e- economics career office forum where we bring in ten to fifteen sp- uh, economics alumni um, who are doing great things in whatever industry. And we bring them in for a weekend uh, where they give advice and network and stuff. So that's kind of where I started this journey of outreaching to speakers uh, and I'm just random people. Um, but I downloaded this Google Chrome extension called Lead Leaper. It's free extension. Um, link in the description below. This game, there is no description. Uh, but just search up Lead Leaper on Google Chrome. Um, it's a free extension that lets you find anyone's email from their LinkedIn profile so literally what I was doing was I was going to every single LinkedIn profile and just uh, clicking on the extension and finding their email and um, I think you can only you can only use it for 300 people a month which uh, isn't too bad so I was literally just doing that and then uh, as Joshua said uh, I just kind of like we kind of just worked on the same use the same template uh, for the email and then I was just sending people um, I was aiming for around 15 15 to 20 people a day Uh, so I would just send those out at night because I'm I'm the most productive at night Joshua knows this pretty much all my friends know this I work best from like 10 p.m. to like 4 a.m. so I would send those late at night but I would schedule them to be sent at 8 a.m. in the next day Uh, so yeah that was kind of my process and then whenever I would wake up I'd see probably like three or four responses from the speakers. Uh, Some of them would be a hard no. Some of them would be a potential yes. Um, And then, yeah, just continued on with there with like trying to uh, work out a date or work out um, the best time to do it. And just, yeah, running from there.
1: Yeah, I I think my, I used another tool called Hunter.io. Our professor heavily supported this one. It's, It's similar to Lead Leaper in the sense that you, retrieve emails but you can just go to a website or a profile page so for josh luber we i just went to stockx.com and searched his name using hunter.io it's a free extension and like you said it it does cap out if you for the free version at i think a couple hundred or maybe no maybe less i think it's like 50 but the thing is you can kind of also guess emails as you go through and figure out, Oh, what, what would the CEO of Disney's email be? And they kind of pitch a bunch of different combinations like Bob Iger at Disney.com or Robert Iger at Disney.com or Bob Iger. So some of the times I would uh, try different combinations and you could kind of test it through there. Um, But no, we didn't get the CEO of Disney, unfortunately, our former CEO. Um, And yeah, it was, that was kind of our process behind it, but we should, we should go into talking about that period of marketing and how many events we did. So yeah, yeah. What, what, how, would you, how would you describe the period of marketing? I feel like that one was super, super rough. Like We literally started up a, pay, uh, a couple of social media accounts and just uh, literally spammed all our friends to follow it and we didn't have a huge following, so it was a bit hard. Then... Yeah, it
0: was uh, I remember it was really funny. Um so for one of our events, I think it was um I don't I I think it was Jessica Carey, Carey from Overtime. Um I may be mistaken, but uh this was like middle of like uh I feel like June, July maybe. Um w- uh we had her coming in like 2 3 days and we hadn't done any outreach cuz we had been spending so much time doing speaker outreach, doing um, just marketing setup, working the logistics. And so I just literally started spamming every single Instagram follower we had with a short little blurb about um, the event that was coming up and for them to join. And I remember like 15 to 20 people in, I got a, we got a message in the group chat. And I was like, wait, did, uh, I feel like someone's sending all of our followers uh, the the same message. Uh, because like two of my friends have already texted me asking why R- the Ripple account is sending me a message, and uh, the I, I was I was the one doing that. I was just trying to get as many people to hop on our Zoom event. But I mean that just indicates how difficult it was to get students, uh, especially in an era where Zoom is so overused that no one really wants to sign up for an extra event that that isn't required. Um, and it was just really difficult. We went from events that had 60, our initial one, um, the, the event with John Lee Hancock, the director of The Blind Side and the founder, uh, that one had over 100 students. Yeah, but then that was within, like 120. Yeah, 120. But f- after that, it just plummeted. We had events with like 10 people, four of them being ripple- uh the ripple team. Uh so there were there were definitely high days, there were definitely low days, but um that just comes with uh the whole process as it is.
1: Yeah, and it especially we didn't really I feel like also in the beginning of June that season's just people are so done. Like Zoom Zoom's interface yeah. is so screams work and school. And no at one that one point, wants to people, sit behind
0: a screen during the summer.
1: Yeah. And it's not like it's recruiting season. I mean yeah. except for finance, but even then like we weren't having any finance speakers on per se so yeah and then so yeah as as i guess this is a good lesson as we kind of went down that path of almost every week we had a new speaker and we were always just we would get a speaker we would spend the whole week trying to outreach and for outreach it's not like just a nine to five like you literally outreach till you can get as many people as possible because to give a vibe, we wanted to give the vibe that we know what we're doing, so yeah, that was just which we clearly it went, don't,
0: given by the name, yeah, we of did this podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, no idea. We literally, I mean, it, it's you just kind of learn as you go, and we, yeah, so we had nine events total. I would say starting what was it, last week of April was Josh Luber's, and we had two in May, I think four in June, and then three in July.
0: Yeah, something like that. I think we, we did. We did our pivot. I think around July. Yeah, because, or it was early July. Because I feel like we were setting up end of like the rest of July and beginning of August before school started, uh, with the new Ripple. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so let's let's. I guess let's talk about the new Ripple. So after we. Had these events, we were going through each one, and we were just like, like his champ said, we were pretty burnt out. And after each one, we were just focusing so much on marketing; it's like there was no room to really grow. And it's not like we were established to the point where we could, whatever, hire on people to do that outreach and like put on live events. So it it was around July. I remember we had by June we had two events scheduled for the end of July. But in June, we were feeling that sense of we need a transition if we want to get ripple to really grow we need we need to do something different, and we need to figure out what's going right and what's going wrong as well and i think I think our our Dean Taylor event was a pretty telling one so we so I actually worked at Georgetown University School of Medicine in the diversity office summer of 2019, and there. I got the opportunity to, to work under a dean, uh, his name Dean David Taylor. And he, he helps students in medical school with their academic study of student learning. And he also helps pre-meds. And we brought him on as a speaker and hosted an event for pre-meds and medical students. And that one was a pretty low amount event. But thing is, there was so much engagement with that event. That event ran longer, he stayed longer. He ended, ended up volunteering time after. And those, those, I remember we used to send out emails right after events to do exit interviews. And Sham knows this. We would like split the role and like how many exit interviews we do. And we sent it out for that one. And I think that one was probably, I remember getting the most responses from that event. And those students really loved the content. And I remember even getting the most emails for that event that people wanted to come, but they just didn't have the time to go that hour of the day at 6 p.m. on whatever it was like a Wednesday or Thursday and so yeah I mean Hisham I don't want to ramble on but I I like
0: no no talk
1: about talk about what I had. that um
0: that event added so much to Ripple's name too because uh uh, even on like social media we were getting followers um with uh, content that we were sharing uh from the event and prior to the event the marketing that we were doing um, so that Dean Taylor event was definitely like a pivotal moment in like the way Ripple we looked at Ripple and then how we were going to kind of transform Ripple uh, to better suit us and our um, like community.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I remember even Dean Taylor; he was the one speaker who spoke so highly of the work we do. <laughs> yeah. He was like, he was like, he was dropping stuff like um, he was talking about like. the importance of community service and he he was he was like if you do this then it'll lead to the next thing and that's where ripple comes in because it's the ripple effect and he went on and on and on talking about and i remember our group chat being like are are we recording the stuff he's saying because that's really good that would be a really good slogan and uh yeah no that was uh i feel like that that was definitely a confidence booster event and uh yeah it was it was great but then I, I remember you, you and I had a call, like, not too long after that event, thinking, like, what are we going to do moving forward? And yeah, it was
0: an infamous call where we did the – where uh, I, I literally every single interview we, uh, or every time we ever uh, go through our journey of Ripple, I always reference this call. But it was um, – uh, Josh, do you want to go through it, or uh, should I kind of give my perspective on it?
1: Yeah, get, give your perspective. You, you tell it best.
0: Yeah, so uh, I remember it was like 10 p.m. or something and uh I I was just trying to figure out like okay like I w- we were the whole team was clearly burnt out. We were losing interest in the idea of Ripple and clearly um just by the numbers of the people that weren't showing in our events, we saw that there was a lack of interest by the audience members also. So we we were just trying to figure out okay, what's the best way to Continue this, um, so we don't just give up. And then um, Joshua called, and he said, "Dude, I came, I reached, uh, I oh, sorry, I had an epiphany. And uh, I was literally driving with my dad, and I was just super frustrated with the way that Ripple was going. And I just wanted to, I like, I asked my dad, like, I wish there was a platform that you could just reach out to a startup co-founder or a startup founder." Co founder, um, uh, someone who's gone through this process and just asked them the questions and get their advice on what to do and ways to do it. And that's exactly where the idea of Ripple was found. Where he, the problem he had in that moment in time is kind of what we're trying to solve now with giving students who lack a direct way to reach out to industry professionals. And people have gone who have gone through the process and having industry professionals who have the knowledge, who have the resources to reach out to students, but maybe don't have the time to do individual one on one calls with them. We're we want to be the middleman that kind of set puts both of them together and allows for students to learn from industry professionals and industry professionals to offer their advice and resources to students.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's where I guess so our new idea was born. We were like, I remember in that call, we said, okay, we have, we need to first narrow down our market at first, because again, we, we have no idea what we're doing and we're very new. And the one thing you ask any advisor, they'll say, you need to have a minimal viable market. You can't just make a company for everyone. And I uh, side note, but I know Chip, our former professor, always shared Seth Godin information and his book this is marketing is a pretty good one
0: on that funny story and, about Seth uh, uh just real quick when I was oh, uh, doing um audience outreach by the way I have I had for some reason I had no idea who the hell Seth Godin is um even though I remember our professor would always reference him in class and he's just a pretty well-known guy in the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial community but when I was doing speaker outreach back in like March, April, May I was just shooting emails to whoever I could find on LinkedIn and I shot an email to Seth Godin and I didn't I don't know who he was but he responded back the next day and he said "Um, I won't be able to make an event but I suggest that you find a niche market and just run with it rather than trying to do all these different markets and where like uh, trying to reach out to a multitude of speakers and um at the moment in time i was like oh that's like a nice piece of advice but i just continued moving on but then when i brought up the fact that he emailed me uh to our team it was like wow like his word is kind of so valued (laughs) um so that's like that definitely was like a good omen that we took into account what he said uh even if it was indirect And uh, continued with that with Ripple.
1: Yeah, I was so I remember being so shook when you said he responded back because like I was literally done reading another one of his books, which is like super, super short. It's like 70 pages. It's called The Dip. And it's like all about when to know because the whole concept behind the book is like everyone gets in these dips, but they don't know like right after the dip. All you have to do is kind of power through it and then you get a huge reward after so like with any company there's like a struggle which he calls a dips but then he also says there's like roads called circles where you just circle in place like you're just you're not getting anywhere because you're just going in circles so i literally remember reading that book and being like huh ripples kind of in a circle right now like we're not in a hard spot that's gonna shoot for a great reward instead we're repeating the same thing every week so when you said that i remember being like holy smokes that's crazy um that he responded and yeah it'd be it'd be awesome if we could ever actually sit and talk to him one day but yeah i remember so yeah what so after that we were like we need to make personalized co- content for people and our i guess our niche was we decided to start with medicine because the dean taylor event went so well and after our exit interviews we gathered a ton of questions we sent out a survey Hisham, you 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 interviewed your pre-med friends, I interviewed my pre-med friends, asking them what questions they want answered yeah. in the industry. And I guess our new like minimal viable product for like the new Ripple was we're gonna reach out to doctors, do all the busy work of like outreach, get interviews, get them to answer these questions, and also get doctors from as many specialties as possible. I guess our, our ultimate goal is to have content under every single specialty every single part on the road to medicine. So whether that be pre-med in your gap year, get all those testimonials of advice because there's a lot of great advice and niche advice out there for these paths. And especially I was a former pre-med and the one thing I never liked was that how cookie cutter the whole path seemed. And I feel like if you ask any pre-med, they'd agree with that. And so we decided to, we would make this a new website organizing all this information that would help people explore career options in medicine and get to hear from so many people and that's what we've been doing the past july three months yeah and three, three four months yeah so I, also yeah hashem elaborate more i'm definitely gotta talk more to this uh new ripple
0: Yeah, so um, I don't know how many people have seen or uh, yeah have seen Friends, but that one scene where uh, they were carrying the um, the couch up the stairs, and uh, what his name was Ross, right? Yeah, Ross, Ross, yeah, yelling pivot, pivot. That's exactly what we went through, Uh, because we were trying to pivot uh, as much as we could, and we finally reached a pivot where we thought that we had a niche market. We thought we were doing something that no one else was doing, and we just ran with it uh, we're We're like a middleman between like Ted and Quora, where we're bringing in industry professionals, speakers who are like experienced with their lives, their uh, career paths, and uh, Quora where people have some questions that they want to get answered, but we're having these industry professionals answer their questions rather than having really anyone answer them. Um and yeah, so we're uh, I would say less than two weeks away now from our launch date on August twelfth. Uh sorry, or October October twelfth. I don't know why I'm two months behind. <laughs> and that'd be uh, nice. Okay. Yeah, that would be really nice. Um and uh yeah, right now we're just in the in the midst of uh cleaning up the content. Um that oh, oh man, that's a whole nother story. We literally, like, what, one, one or two months, Joshua and I were reaching out to hundreds of uh, medical professionals, physicians, surgeons, you name it, uh, deans of medical schools, um, asking them to uh, hop on a one-hour Zoom call with us. So that way we can um, ask them the questions that we had asked uh, or that we had gotten from our um, friends in our network on the most requested questions and advice that medical school students want throughout their process and asking each uh, medical professional um, the questions specific to their career paths and uh yeah that was a whole journey in itself because uh setting up the zoom call doing recording it and then um now for joshua editing it is i, can, I mean i can't i can't speak for, on your behalf joshua that's something that you need to describe yourself
1: i mean i could i need to so yeah it's just a whole yeah it, the whole process was i mean I, I guess to add a little bit more to what you said the whole process was really crazy but it, it, it did feel better because we got so many more responses out of this pivot and so many more of the doctors were like oh this is really interesting I would have used uh, the ones that were the best. Was like I would have used a platform like this, which is definitely we're on to something. But yeah, the the cont the amount of content we have right now, and we haven't even touched every single special like subspecialty, subspe- which there are a lot of. But the, still, the fact we have forty two one forty two hours of content right now, split into around five hundred clips of content and. We it is certainly a lot trying to make, especially with I guess the way we're going about it is we're we're making it kind of like a um man I'm blanking what's the what's the assembly line assembly line process where we have we we make we made an intro yeah shout out Henry (laughs) Ford but those poor work conditions though um yeah yeah so then we're we're making like an intro we're making music for it got a background got a new logo brought in someone uh actually a youtuber to help us rebrand uh and we're we're kind of making so intro shortening up the clips and that took forever because i would literally have to go cut through all the all the different areas you know like those buffer periods and in interviews where you just have to like cut out and figure out what sounds right and then put an ending card at the end of the video and then upload that content and from our previous experience with our live events it took sometimes like a whole night for me remember like we would we would have those weren't as hard because that was kind of a, a process but like we would have the video and like i would usually upload it at night that day and oh my gosh and thumbnails yeah that's gonna yeah. be a, another mess but yeah that whole process is like a ton and then this is where H- Hisham's busy job is is that once i have all this 500 clips uh, you're gonna have to put that into the website so yeah that is that's that's gonna, gonna be another
0: be, i'm not looking forward to that but um it's just uh i i'm like championing the technology side of ripple so with the website um putting all the video content onto it so uh once joshua is come finished with those videos it's putting them onto the website in a very easy to use um manner so anyone can really hop on the website and get exactly what they need from each video and uh go from there um so that is gonna be in the next week or two uh going to be done and it's it's constantly an iterative process it's not like once we get these videos on that's the end of the road. And uh, there's just gonna be passive viewership coming along throughout the months. Uh, we're constantly going to be um, updating the videos, uh, adding new videos, um, adding new tracks. The medical track is just the first track that we're attacking. Once we have this one down, um, it's it's just uh, copying it and adding it to the business, the laws, the ca- the engineering. But obviously, making them unique to each of them because the medical track is so—you um, used this word earlier—I'm blanking—but it's 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 very linear and it's like step by step. Whereas the business one, uh, there's business track can be in so many different different ways. Um, even like, for instance, like the finance finance uh, industry, you don't have to specifically go from an internship to an internship to a full-time there there's a lot of different ways to go about um, getting your end goal with business with engineering so just looking at all those uh, respective to each of the tracks is going to be where ripple comes into play but we're uh, we're uh, we're really hopeful with um, how the medical track is coming along and how people are responding to it that the other tracks are going to be just as important and influential to our growth and to everyone else's uh, educational understanding.
1: Yeah. It's, it's exciting. I can't believe I'm just looking at the date right now, September 28th. It's yeah, gonna, It's pretty soon, a ton of content and, but it's it should be exciting. I guess.
0: It's funny. Didn't you, uh, you, you, you texted me something the other day uh, saying that like we have enough content content to um, take over Netflix yeah uh, yeah which is, which is crazy uh i didn't like when we were in the midst of interviewing medical professionals i had no idea we would amount to 42 hours of content yeah just...
1: no I, I remember i joked i was like we could shoot 21 documentaries yeah um and yeah but no it, it is pretty crazy it's a it's a big feat regardless of where it it, it goes it's just we I guess part two is gonna be, once we have all this content out, getting it to people. I mean, I, I don't, I'm, we, we both like, I remember you enjoyed sitting down with doctors and hearing them. Like I, I thought that hour just talking to them was so interesting, like regardless, like if I was tired, if it was my third interview that day, along with the fact that I was studying for the GRE, which is a whole nother thing. But like, <laughs> yeah. even if to, I was like really exhausted.
0: A- we need to do an episode on your GRE um process also. Uh Not a, studying for that while also doing a startup.
1: Nah, that was uh I I I I probably should have spent more time on GRE, <laughs> but to be honest, Ripple was more fun. So definitely I, I hate standardized tests to begin with, but yeah, yeah, we could do a funny episode. And then we gotta talk about part-time job, how 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 you got Deloitte. And that whole process, that's just, that's
0: just the UVA name, man, <laughs>
1: man, I, I applied to, I remember, I think past two years, I applied to Deloitte for an internship. Didn't get it. And I was like, for me, I'm very much so. like, if I'd get like after a while, I'm like, man, nah, another company. Like I just yeah. immediately stop applying to that, but nah, that's definitely. It's,
0: it's, uh, so just to give a backstory, I was supposed to start Deloitte in September, but, um, because of covid uh this global pandemic that's going on i don't know if you've heard of it uh, <laughs> it, uh my job got pushed back to february which is actually perfect for me um in retrospect cuz i actually have time now to work on ripple and um continue this into the fall months and hopefully um just time manage myself once i do start working i'm pretty i'm, I'm pretty sure i'm going to be starting remote anyway so it'll be easier for me to um just work at home and have like two computers open, if if need be. um Hopefully, deloitte isn't listening to this, and <laughs> just uh, <laughs> continue on with Ripple. Also, I'm I'm excited um to enter the adult world, but also really excited to see where Ripple goes from here. Uh, no, but uh, to your earlier point about uh, interviewing them, yeah, I am. I could be as far from the medical profession as possible. I hate going to doctors. I hate blood. I hate anything that is regarding science but hearing and interviewing um the medical professionals was so cool just getting to hear their perspectives and why they wanted to um become a doctor become a physician i i remember i uh during quarantine i started and i finished uh how to get away with murder uh a, a tv show and uh similar to the medical industry i'm as far away from the law and just the law profession as possible, also. But that show made me want to become a lawyer more than anything. It it was literally the the most enticing way that a lawyer can be depicted, and similarly to that, interviewing the medical um uh, medical professionals uh, was such a cool experience for me. Um, that oftentimes I was like, wow, I wish I could have not sold my soul to the corporate world and actually done something meaningful with my life, like going and helping other people. But, um, I mean, there's always ways you can help people beyond just being a doctor, but interviewing them was definitely like a great experience, even as, even with how time intensive and exhausting it was oftentimes.
1: Yeah, no, it was crazy. But I mean, man, you're, you're CS, CS and econ. You know how applicable that. You could do anything. It's like those two
0: combined. It says the like, biomedical engineering major.
1: Man, all right, we got beef now. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, now, no. I, it, it was.
0: I hate the CS major. In all honesty, I only. Really? I mean, I only, I only did it because it. Um, it's like a. It's applicable in this day and age. But I like. I, did, did you
1: think you were gonna do like? Did Did you think initially? I'm just curious. Like the major was app development or web development like I know for biomedical engineering I was like I went into it and I was like oh like all my classes I'll be making like devices and I was like so enthusiastic by that and then when I got in I was like man we're spending a lot of time just studying other like yeah just studying and like talking about like r- like stuff in the lab and I, I thought it was going to be and then people were like nah, you should have done mechanical engineering I was like oh well I mean you think you would be making the devices in biomedical engineering but nah so is cs like that like i feel like a lot of people because because i remember your tiktok you were like uh that one question is like (laughs) yeah are you a cs developer like can you make an app and you're like bruh, or something like that uh
0: no that's uh cs was like that um the the core cs classes at uva were very like um foundational so like understanding like the structures the data structures the syntax and stuff but the electives is where uh, you could build um websites you could build um applications for your projects so i would say it's like computer science definitely differed from biomedical in that like almost all of our assignments and our projects were like actually creating something even like the notorious cs class 2150 every single lab assignment was like uh you had to code um uh like a like an application or you have to code like a program. Uh so it was it was really um beneficial in that. But actually funny story, when I was growing up in high school and even after my first year at UVA, I wanted to be a mechanical engineer. The only reason oh. I didn't uh when I but the reason I joined uh UVA was for some reason I did DECA in high school and I like sold myself on business being the career path to go into. So I came into UVA being, being pre-com, uh, which is like the commerce school. But after my first year, I was deciding between um, the med- mechanical engineering and uh, being a computer science major. And I, I just chose a CS major because logistically it made more sense because I could have, I got to stay in the same college the College of Arts and Crafts at UVA rather than having to transfer into the engineering school, um, which would like be a whole application process. And I would probably be like a a year behind anyways. Um, But no, I always wanted to like build stuff too. And uh, like I had a lot of friends uh, at UVA who were mechanical engineers and their projects and their um, capstone, uh, their senior year was like literally building a uh electronic bike or something like that or like an automated bike uh it was like such such a that's cool so project cool. but um i don't know that might be something like i can do on my side uh down the line who know yeah
1: i mean I, it's not like there's so many youtube videos for everything like yeah. even 3d printing
0: like, and ripple videos
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah and <laughs> ripple videos uh yeah go go check it out october 12th a shameless club yeah. um but yeah no that's that's uh it's great, but we we should um I guess what do we what do we gotta. What do you think would be a good. Like, I guess talk talking point to Ripple next. I feel like we should. We should get...
0: Like, uh, in regards to oh, by the way, this is where the name comes from because clearly we have no idea. Oh yeah. With where. Uh, it's going, but I we we keep it 100. We we uh, we keep it real. Um, there's really no editing that goes on with this because we're spending all of our time editing the videos and the websites. So, um, uh, Josh, you, you were gonna you were you were saying next topping point in regards to Ripple next.
1: Yeah, like I feel like where, where were we before? I forgot before we oh, started yeah. talking about majors.
0: Oh no, you you, you were talking about your medical oh. interviews.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess to that point is like, it's. I, I just also want to include like the thing that's really cool about the ripple videos is if we were able to really scale this content. Uh, someone actually, I was just talking to Chip the other day, and he was saying that you could under each category, you could really make like really great impact with niche content, and like for students out there, right? Because like. When we did a like, competitive analysis and all that stuff about like student doctor network and all those other comp- like com- possible competitors we got a lot like especially pre med cultures known to be quite toxic but if we're able to share several stories of so many doctors that would be so inspiring to so many students and chip was saying along the lines like let's say like you have a cardiologist like even showing ones from different backgrounds could be significant because think about like who you go to for mentorship, right? Like, especially for students who like, like certain, especially in medicine, there's a lot of underrepresented by like, there aren't many minorities in the field and seeing the ones who are able to excel or come from hard financial backgrounds. Like there was this one doctor I actually tried so hard to get. His name's, uh, what's his name? Dr. Uh, Miami and Antonio Webb. No, Antonio <laughs> Webb. He actually <laughs> went. Doctor, he went to he went to Georgetown, and his background was like he grew up in Louis Louisiana had a lot of gang violence around the area. When he graduated, like sixty percent of his friends were incarcerated, and he didn't know what to do with his life. Like he knew he kind of liked medicine, so what he ended up doing was he he joined the military, and from there on he found out he really liked the medical aspect when he got, de- like he, went, he got deployed to Iraq and then came back and he spent, he, he then applied to be, I think, and I might be mistaken, an RN or like a medical assistant. And this was like his late 20s. And then he continued, but he wanted medicine, right? He got like rejected from a couple of schools and then he uh, then decided, okay, like maybe not that, but let me try start studying for the MCAT. So he, he was working as some medical Like assistant job, and then studying for the MCAT, and for three years he didn't get into medical school. And then by the fourth year, he found a program actually at Georgetown called the Gems Program, applied into it, and ended up excelling in medical school. Went to residency, like killed it there, right? And it's so hard. Like once you get into medical school, like you're with the best of the best. I mean, that's what all the doctors have said. And then now he's a uh, spinal surgeon, which is like one of the toughest specialties to get. And so like, think about like the students who like are discouraged. If we're eventually able to get all those stories out, like that, his story is actually one that he just goes around telling it. And he has quite a bit of following. I think he has like 500,000 YouTube subscribers, like tons of people on Instagram, just because he goes around and tells a story, which is like obviously resonating with so many people who are maybe might be in similar shoes, right? So like, I feel like we're able to almost scale that with ripple. I, I think we could in the future with the amount of content we have, which is like really, I don't know. This might be a like side ramble, but like it's really nice to see that work and like the impact of also those stories and the potential behind Ripple. So again, this is very much a shameless plug, but like we wouldn't be plugging it if we truly didn't believe it. And we also wouldn't be spending time editing 500 clips of content and putting it into a website if we didn't believe it, the yeah. impact it could have, but yeah no so i mean october 12th is the the date to save if october ever 12th. and then
0: after that is just the first day for the rest of our lives yeah. we're just going to <laughs> continue with ripple content um uh hopefully continue with speakers from the medical side uh our goal ultimately is to have multiple tracks and have one lead person for each track that's like all, almost like a product manager for each of them, so that way that person can handle the direction that each of the tracks are gonna go. But um, there's a lot that we can take with Ripple. Um, there's a lot to grow with it, and we're really excited for the weeks and the months ahead. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a great journey, Josh, uh, with you, and I'm really excited to see where things go in the coming months. What's been your if you could if you could narrow this whole conversation down and give one piece of advice to people listening and to yourself um about your journey and the startup process and is really anything even if it's about your uva process uh, gre what's that one piece of advice a uh, piece of advice you would give
1: yeah um i have to think about this i mean i would i would say I mean, like, like we said, the whole, like, I'm not, I I feel weird giving advice because like this podcast is called, we have no idea what's going on. (laughs) But like, I, I do think that like, in terms of just doing something like, I mean, we haven't had tons of traction, right? Like, we're still like, I mean, we're, we're, we're growing, but like still very, very early on in this whole process. And I think that we still have like amazing accomplishments and just like, even, even if ripple was to all kind of like fail tomorrow like it'd still be like wow we have this much content that's like something that I don't think everyone can put we got those nine speakers who are all really cool but like I think that like something that's just like really I guess motivates me is just staying like persistence and like really just if you really like I mean it's so cliche but like if you really just like something like we like the work at Ripple, like even if someone st- comes in and doubts it and like as we like pitch it, right, you have those people like pitching in like, oh, what about this fall? What about this fall? What about this fall? Like if you, you just really love the work and kind of like believe in it and just really like persist like with all those emails we sent, like we always I feel like I had in the back of my mind to like, oh, this could this could have a huge impact or like in the back of my mind, I, I, I try to remind myself those stories of like, someone who might go to this platform, see someone from a distinguished professional from background. And like, that might be the first step to them to get them into a certain career that they dreamed of, or maybe that'll give them like the confidence needed because especially like so many fields and so many backgrounds, like can be filled with a lot of like comparisons and a lot of, you know, like, it's just like any field, right? There's, there's competitiveness. And then sometimes like the Shire people are people who don't are kind of scared to take those initial steps don't but like they have a ton of potential so like i i would just say like just keep keep telling yourself of like the possibility that could happen and yeah i mean i hope to kind of look back on this hopefully and be like damn i said the possibility and now ripple <laughs> is whatever valued at one billion dollars something like that yeah that'd be tough but um, yeah. What What about you, man?
0: No, I'd I'd reiterate the same thing. Um, we just got like the biggest thing for me that's like continuing, continuing, continue continued to motivate me throughout this whole thing is just looking at the at the highs, even as low as they may be, and just appreciating them because um, that that it, that's the biggest thing with startups and with this whole process where you're creating something from start from scratch is there's going to be the naysayers, there's going to be the people who critique it, who are even in your corner, but they don't um, support it. Um, but you just got to, if you believe in it, and you can truly see a vision with it, you just got to continue on with it. Uh, like the biggest thing for me was like a couple of weeks ago, we we pitched it in a, a UVA competition and we got um, a couple hundred dollars from that competition. And that was like our first real pitch. And Uh, first time of actually getting money from the idea of ripple so it was great to see like wow there's actually like real potential with this and even if it may not be that much money to other startup founders um for us it was like wow like we this is just the first building block towards uh more sustainability and more accomplishment in the future so um yeah just sticking with it uh and really just pivoting rather than just quitting is like probably the best way to go about it because if you if you have an idea you may find one or two flaws but don't give up after coming about those flaws uh just work work with them and try to figure them out so that you can um continue on with your passion and with your um startup that you're working on
1: yeah for sure i mean i completely agree and feel the exact same way it's like i mean like i remember i applied to the e-cup last year like early early e-cup phase like and just like got a know and just like stopped whatever that idea was right but like, continu- like we continue like when we got a couple like hard events with ripple like we really didn't stop and like imagine if we like stopped after the like that one event that was like 20 people and we're just like all right yeah. <laughs> like closed doors like <laughs> CEO we wouldn't even or be here. something like that. Yeah, like we wouldn't, would we wouldn't be here. yeah and we wouldn't the podcast wouldn't exist we wouldn't have had that money we wouldn't have four hundred forty-two 42 hours of content 500 clips yeah we wouldn't, we wouldn't have, have like a new, like a new 3, website coming.
0: followers on tiktok
1: oh uh, yeah that's our biggest flex <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> definitely can't something can't always flex to like a a doctor like oh what's what's your main social media it's like oh, tiktok
0: you know, yeah uh-huh
1: yeah. A couple of doctors have been like, huh? But no, nah, I mean, people consume it. It's just a matter of like lack of understanding, but they.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's really like uh, for us, is like that's one social media platform, but obviously our biggest one is Ripple. And we're just trying to use whatever channel to gain traction, to get people to, to get Ripple in front of the screens of people. And once we, once we get that, we know that the value that we provide is going to, Bring people to us consistently. Yeah, sure.
1: And yeah, I mean, we uh, should definitely, we could definitely in future episodes explore different particular aspects. Like, we could definitely do some deep dives into.
0: Yeah, no, there's that that that, with with the the, with the goal of no idea, no idea is we just continue on with it. We just do whatever we feel like and whatever you guys feel like, and it's really just truly is going to be the process and the journey of. Where we're going, whether it be with Ripple, whether it be with Deloitte, whether it be with grad school, um, just continuing on with it and seeing uh, how we kind of evolve throughout it. Yeah, it's,
1: it's exciting. So uh, I guess in the future, we definitely, if we build up audience in our podcast, definitely like to have more discussions right and yeah. like get our answers i get our questions even answered or have those open discussions or if someone doesn't have an idea or is confused like come share the confusion with us
0: no yeah um there's we definitely want to bring in uh guest speakers and friends um anyone in our network just to get their perspective on their life stories um their processes and ours um and just, reflecting on that uh i know spotify is adding polls to their podcast too so that maybe that's maybe something we could look into uh who knows with ripple like no idea there's a lot we can do with it
1: yeah man i didn't know about the poll thing that's awesome
0: yeah it's it's pretty dope uh I, it, it's it's unique cuz with podcasts in my opinion people like to listen to it without um having to look at their screens so i don't know if it incentivizes people to open up their phone and click on a poll and then put their phone back but i don't know it's the first time they're doing it and it increases user engagement um as opposed to like how youtube does it with like comments and uh liking liking the podcast uh, or sorry liking liking the youtube video so we'll see how spotify does what it does um the, with, with the polls they so far they've been killing the podcast game so i have no doubt that this is something that they've looked into done their user research and they've seen actual um benefits to the way we uh, consume podcasts Yeah, that's that's awesome excited to see where this goes yeah but all right i think this wraps it up for episode one of the no idea podcast thank you all for tuning in And uh, we hope you guys have a great rest of the week.